0: What's up RPG fans, welcome to episode 34 of the Switch RPG Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Philip. and if you're watching the video, you can see that I am, for the first time, not joined by the voice of the people himself, Geo, out sick tonight, but we couldn't have found a better replacement for him with Corey from RPG Reruns. What's up, man?
1: Doing doing really well. Glad Glad to have me in apparently geo got got a little bit of the black lung and he had a little cough so he couldn't make it tonight but i'm Uh, glad i could step up and fill in
0: he said like his voice was tickly so you know you know how much of a diva he is oh (laughs) yeah
1: absolutely he's (laughs) probably at um (laughs) home sipping his chamomile tea so yeah no uh
0: we do want to send out uh our, our big we miss you DiGio uh, it's just sure not the same without 91 but it's good to have you back Corey this is the second time on uh, first time since the game awards I know yeah
1: we had we had Got some it. good predictions there Got some, had some ups and some downs you were right about uh, my prediction with uh With uh, No Man's Sky. That was just singing from my heart. But you know, you can't win them all. You can't win them all. You can't win them all except for Monster Monster Hunter World. Except
0: for Monster Hunter World and RPG of the year. (laughs) Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening, first of all, we want to welcome you. And second of all, we want to let you know that this is the official podcast from the website, SwitchRPG.com, that brings you all the exciting news, upcoming game releases, and the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch platform, as well as the other platforms. This week, we've got a good show for you. We are talking about the state of the Nintendo Switch. We are talking about new games on the horizon for Switch and other stuff. And finally, we talk our biggest surprises of 2018 because it's that time of the year to look back, get nostalgic, get all happy-feely about what happened this year. Let's get the show Started this week right into the news. Like I said, end of the year, time to take a look back. But let's take a look back even further. Let's look at the entire lifetime of the Switch here from Polygon. Corey, we got a cool article here. Oh, yeah. It's kind of a two-part article. We will cover the second part later because we got a good question coming later in the question segment. But first of all, Polygon... Uh, is is talking about the Switch's sales numbers for the console. This made me so happy and so warm and fuzzy on the inside because we know that the Switch is doing well. We feel like the Switch is doing well, and so it's always good to get that confirmation. And boy, did we get it. Uh, read this from Polygon, and then we'll get your thoughts on it. Um, so, quote here... Uh, It says, from its launch in March 2017 through November 2018, Nintendo Switch has sold more than 8.7 million units, outpacing U.S. sales of all other current generation systems at the same point in their life cycles. That comes straight from Nintendo. How do you feel about this?
1: That's crazy. If you would have told me that, I would have lost that bet. That would've been like you saying, "Monster Hunter World's going to win RPG of the year." I've been like, "Okay, (laughs) pump the brakes a little bit." I for sure would have thought that was going to be the PS4. I mean, I would have lost that bet. I would have. I would have lost, mortgaged a house. Maybe not mortgaged a house, but Uh, you know, right
0: uh, up to it. Right uh, up to maybe the car. Maybe the car. Yeah, I would have lost at least a car on it (laughs) Uh, because you're you're totally right that for anyone who is familiar, who's like been in the video game sort of circles in the industry followed the industry knows just how big PS4 was just knows I mean they 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 if you remember just how much of a world mover that was what was that back was that back in 2014 when it released um yeah i i thought there was no way that Switch was going to do more. I thought Switch was doing well, but there's no, I just didn't think that there was any way that it did better
1: than PS4 did during that span of time. I know it's an incredible feat. I mean, the, just all the things like you got all the PS4 PlayStation, the powerhouse, like in there, they're going up against Xbox and killing it. And then I think the biggest thing factor with the Nintendo is just that the fact that maybe it's a handheld, uh, it revolutionized gaming for people that are commuters and want to go. And they just came out with their, just, they came out and just had the, they backed it about backed it up with Zelda. And then they followed up with the next year with the Mario. And, and then they just start getting like people, like we said on board with the, with the platform. And now you're just seeing the floodgates open up. So it's, 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 I think it's, it's hasn't even peaked yet, even remotely closed.
0: I think you're right. I mean, I think we saw this with the PS4. A uh, little bit of a history lesson here for, for everybody. <laughs> but PS4, and it wasn't that PS4 started slow, the reason that no. Switch is beating this. PS4 just hit the gates running. And it's really interesting the parallels here because the PS3 generation uh, Sony was historically. Not a great generation for Sony, and they really, really turned it around. And if you look at Nintendo, the Wii U generation didn't exist at all. So talking about a, a big turnaround. And so, like I was saying, it's not the PS4 started slow. It hit the gates running, and we saw that after a couple of years, then that's when the titles just started finally coming all of these sort of exclusive first-party titles. And so I'm wondering if that's what we're really going to see from the Switch. We saw a really strong opener. We saw a really decent second year. And so I'm wondering with now that the hardware people are getting used to building for this hardware, because it's not the easiest to build for because it's not the most powerful, right? You're you're having to sort Absolutely. of make games in mind for it or you're having to sort of scale back your games a little bit. But I mean, we're already seeing third-party support like we haven't seen on on an Nintendo platform in many years, and I think you're only going
1: to get people more used to building for this and so better games are going to come to it. I think it's just like any console, you get when you get the backing behind it, people find they they take Time to learn how to maximize every nook and cranny of what the switch or any console is able to perform, and so you have companies like Blizzard who are just saying, oh, "We, I don't think some of these games are ever going to be on there." Now they're they're trying to take a step back. They're like, "Well, you know what? We may, we may, we may put a few things out there uh, that we thought that we wouldn't be able to." And then also, you like you have like I think like last year, twenty eighteen being this year wrapping up, you just have some. Tiles, I think Nintendo push back into this upcoming year just because they like, hey, we're doing so well. Let's just let's just kind of space this out. We're getting more of these third parties in here as well. So let's just let's just uh, keep 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 the calendar loaded and just have it, you know, just you know, just take a good start for twenty nineteen because we have got some things coming up. We got some things coming We up. got some
0: things coming up. And that is actually taking another page from Sony. I mean, if you remember, like, Sony didn't, and that's what I was saying, like, they did not have a lot of first-party titles early on. I think you Nintendo know, probably has had more first-party titles than Sony did at that stage. But the thing that Sony did was they kind of coasted through. The, their machine played third-party titles really well. Third parties were, 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 flooding, were flooding the system. And they're like... Let's buy our time. Let's make the games we want to make. Release them when they're done, and they—they they, it's like they knew that they had the success. And I feel like you're totally right. The Nintendo's kind of done that too. Like it's like ah, we don't need to put anything else right out right now because the system's selling regardless of what's on it. Three thousand Indies hits next week. That's fine. Like people, <laughs> people are going to play those, you know. And and we'll get to it when we get to it. Something that I think has been really important for the Nintendo Switch from the very beginning, and this was this is something that is, is completely opposite of the Wii U era. Is that I think, and you alluded to this a little bit, but I think that it's successful because there was such a clear, direct vision for what the machine is, and they communicated what it is really, really well, and it's simple. It's as simple as it can be a handheld or it can be a home console. It can be whatever you want it to be. And I think that's something that the Wii U didn't really have. It's like, oh, there's the there's the the box, but then there's also a tablet, but you can't take the tablet away from the box. Yeah. So you're playing like on the TV, but also you can play. On, it's like there was so many competing things, and the Switch is just as simple as you can play it handheld, you can play it on the TV, whatever you want to do. And, and that's works. a key.
1: It's just when you ever you can make something great and simple at the same time, that's when you start ma- making home runs because you' just like you said, when you start putting all the stipulations onto it, people just get turned off by it. They're like, no, I want to do it how I, I want to play how I want to play. And so the switch kind of really does a really great job of just taking majority of all barriers and just throwing them out the window. Yeah. And, and I think that's
0: really what has turned the thing around. But wrapping this discussion up, Once again, reiterating, I would have never, ever, 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 ever thought that it it has done better than PS4. But really, hats off to Nintendo. It makes me so excited because, God, I love Nintendo. And I love (laughs) to see it succeed. And we will revisit that Polygon article later when we talk some Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, Anyway, moving on to Nintendo Life. Uh, We've got a little game announcement here from NIS America, one of the biggest supporters of the Switch. I mean, they're putting things on the Switch left and right, and we've got a new action RPG on its way. Uh, The article from Nintendo Live has a trailer as well as a little rundown, some key features. Uh, But the game is called The Princess Guide, uh, and it's coming next March 2019. So this is kind of... I don't want to say your run-of-the-mill thing. I mean, I think it's doing a couple of things different. But, like, if you are into sort of that 2D uh, sprite-based action RPG, this is this is up your alley. If you like NIS America games, I think you're going to like this game. I mean, this is very right in line with what they normally publish. Um, but a couple of features here I'll tell you guys about. Um there are four storylines essentially uh each for a different princess knight um and you choose how these stories play out um there you go there you
1: go that's that's the thing yeah taking a little bit of of little octopath vibes you know you got a little bit of uh, replayability it sounds like as well with like a and so you have just a little bit of uh replayability but also a little it sounds like you kind of customize it how you want to play which is always nice it's always nice to have like i said options when you're playing these games uh but it looks interesting it looks like it will play well um and it had some nice it had a nice little trailer i enjoyed it yeah
0: absolutely so go guys uh go check this out uh specifically look up the nintendo life article um because it's actually it's it actually has two trailers on there Uh, i think one is uh one is sort of like a general teaser and then the second one you get to kind of see the different princesses um it says that they have a unique story i don't know if they like
1: play differently uh like combat wise not sure it looks like it had uh, from what i gather it looks like you get like the different elements and stuff like that so they'll probably have like different element based attacks and stuff like that and that looks to me how it'll be kind of driven but i, I wouldn't be surprised to see a uh, unique attacks or new- unique abilities for each each, princes- each pr- princess each princess Fantastic.
0: Um, All right. Well, that actually is going to wrap up the Switch news of the week. Um, If you remember, Gio and I told you guys that there wasn't going to be a whole lot of Switch news every single (laughs) week. So that's why we are filling it in with some news from around the realm of platforms. And we've got some Steam stuff today. And this up, this next uh, article coming from GameSpace Space. Is an interesting one. This is an interesting one. Uh, It also has a video that I encourage you guys to go look up. This new RPG coming next year. Also in March. March uh, 26th specifically. Um, This is now one of the higher RPGs on my radar. And it's called um, Outward. Uh, It is an Action, fantasy, survival RPG. Now, um, let's go ahead,
1: Corey. Give me your sort of initial reactions to seeing this. My initial reaction is this game can be looks like it can be a little difficult and a little frustrating, or maybe not. Maybe it's not. But I, I do like how they combine. Basically, they're they're wanting you to basically taking all the thrills away, and you have to become who you're going to be, which I think is a very interesting concept. And they, if it's, if you're in a blizzard, you better be dressed for it. If, if, if you're in the desert, you don't, you're going to want to shed that coat. Um, but they kind of really are focusing on how you want to make sure that you're, you're building your character, you're, you're, you're forming your path, which is pretty, pretty nice if they can do it well. I, I want to real quick um, read uh, one specific
0: paragraph out of this article that I think sums up the game so well. once again, this is coming from game space uh, because I want to really paint a picture for you guys. I don't think this game is going to be for, for everyone. I really don't. I think that your heart, I think you're hitting it there where this could be very frustrating. <laughs> and if it's done the wrong way, it can be a completely broken game. But anyway, I'm I'm interested. I want to really paint this picture for you for you guys. So uh, this is direct quote. A twist on recent survival sandboxes, Deep Silver and developer Nine Dots, along with Maximum Games, plan to plunge players into a brand new fantasy world. Myth, monsters, and magic await players ready to take on the most gruesome of evil in this adventure. But things won't be as simple as slotting your sword skills this time. As players plod through an open world, they play the part of a true inhabitant of this land – That means biological maintenance and self-preservation against harsh environmental effects. This also means that while magic is part of the wider world, it will require more than a cast cooldown. Rituals, recipes, and intricate preparation will be necessary to summon the spirits to your aid. So yes that was very flowery language what this honestly reminds me of and this is kind of why it interests me is i am one of those skyrim players that almost has to play the game with frostfall it's the mod called frostfall and realistic uh needs and uh something i think it's realistic needs and another word i can't think of it but anyway those two mods they number one make temperature matter so, uh, if you get caught, just like Corey, you're talking about a second ago, if you get caught in a blizzard, you are, and you are not equipped for it, you're dead. Um, it, it, also allows you to camp so that if it does get too cold, you can always camp, you can warm up in a blanket, you can warm up by the fire. And then the realistic needs adds a hunger and thirst system. Um, and I know that I will, Yeah, I believe Bethesda added kind of these things in there, I think, based on those successful mods. (laughs) But the mods, to me, did a better job of of those things. And so I have always liked that element of, like, okay, I can't really go to the north of Skyrim unless I am ready for it. Um, And you can, like, equip, you know, these, like, big burly coats so that you stay warm. And it just makes me feel good because, like, it adds a danger to Skyrim that vanilla Skyrim just didn't give me. And that's kind of what I'm feeling like this is that that's all it is. Um, so that aspect has me interested. I just hope that all the systems work. Um, a couple of things that make me a little nervous is that is the emphasis that this is a survival game, it says RPG because I think that there are RPG are, are there is an RPG-ness about it. I would love for Geo to be here right now to play the game. <laughs> Verify. Is this an RPG? You put the stamp on it. Um, because I'm I'm concerned about is this taking a Fallout 76 approach to things where there is like no NPCs, you're making your own story, and that to me is just PR speak for we didn't put a story in there, so you get <laughs> to make your own. So I am curious, and I'm slightly nervous about that aspect. Uh, Like, are there NPCs? Are there things to interact with? Is there some sort of narrative here? Or is it just a wide open place with a bunch of mobs to kill? And maybe with uh, something, you know, systems that are too hard.
1: So basically, is it like No Man's Sky when it launched, and you're just kind of exploring an open world and trying not to die? Or will there actually be? content like that you can actually expound upon and can you interact with other people basically
0: okay now bringing up no man's sky something that this allegedly will launch with that no man's sky didn't launch with is the ability for multiplayer now this if it is actually there and if it actually works i think is a strength of the game um And that is that it will have two-player local and online multiplayer with with local split screen. I think that's pretty cool because that is sort of like a throwback and something that we don't really see a lot. Uh, In fact, a few weeks ago, Gio and I were talking about uh, this one game that claimed that it had co-op. And it was like the second player just like gets to point at the screen and click on stuff. And it's like, that's not really co-op, but this is quite literally two player multiplayer. You can play local. You can play split screen. I think that is awesome. That's awesome. The question is, what are you two going to be able to do? Because I don't get the feeling like this is an online game. So take rust, for example, it's a survival game. No, it's not an RPG, but it's a survival game. No, there's no story. It's just, like, base building. It's it's going around. It's surviving. But it's online, so you're, like, interacting with other players. Uh, you're dying from other players. You're killing other players. This doesn't sound like it's completely online, like you're on a server with other people.
1: No, it doesn't sound like you'd have like a hub area or anything like that. It just sounds like you'll have the options uh, to, like you said, just drop in. Mm -hmm.
0: So the question remains: What is there going to be to do? So it's it's a game that I think you should keep your eye on. This is coming out on uh, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and PC.
1: Uh, I'm going to keep my eye on it. I'm going to keep my eye on it.
0: Absolutely, I like
1: when people think outside the box and try to and and like you said if it does have a story if it does have these components and they're also thinking outside the box it could it could be a really great game but sometimes people just maybe use the rpg tag a little bit just to i don't know because they don't know what else to describe it uh but we'll see
0: yeah and and i couldn't really um I couldn't really get an idea. I even went to the actual website of the game, and I couldn't really get an idea. Is there a story? If there's a story here, guys, I'm so excited. If not, I will check it out, uh, probably with a buddy, and we'll, like, run through it. Uh, But, if there's a story, I'm going to be pumped. Next up from PC Gamer, we have uh, Atom. A-T-O-M. Atom, which is heavily inspired if you, if you look at these screens heavily inspired by fallout and wasteland uh and not w- we mean fallout one and two everyone not fallout four or three or new vegas um uh, but this game is set in an, a post-apocalyptic soviet union it's coming to you from um uh, god who was the who's the um the dev here, dang it! Oh, Adam Team, Tuh. Adam Team. Okay, uh, but it's inspired by Fallout, Baldur's Gate, and Wasteland, uh, and it is it is all of those things. So if you like all of those things, you should go check this out. It's turn based combat. Um, you got characters, you got skills, you got uh, dialogue options, you got quests. It's all that great stuff. Um, and it's from that sort of three-quarter isometric uh, viewpoint. So anyway, that uh, it is uh, leaving early access next week. So you can all check it out. Uh, the article from PC gamer says that it's got uh, 90% or positive reviews. So if you take steam reviews with a grain uh, of salt at all, mm. then, um, or more than a grain of salt, I should say, then, um, then it looks like it could be pretty okay. So anyway, there you go. Uh, were you a fan of the original Fallout? Like that style of game? Isometric, turn-based stuff?
1: It wasn't actually the strongest of tea for me, really. I was, especially during when those games were out, I was more traditional RPG-focused. But, I mean, it post-apocalyptic, I mean, if they do it right, I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to it, so we'll see. We'll just...
0: Give it a chance.
1: Ah. (laughs) Uh, All right.
0: And last but not least, from over at Variety.com, we've got an interesting one here. Um, Pagan Online. Pagan Online gets his first gameplay trailer. If you are a fan of the MOBA genre, This will be sort of up your alley as they've taken a lot of um, inspiration from that genre. (sighs) This has some interesting things with it, but I'm I'm, I'm slightly confused, and I've read the article multiple, multiple, multiple Mm -hmm. times. So, Corey, can you answer this? Is this an online game?
1: I have no idea.
0: I have no idea either. I didn't get any indication from the trailer or from the article from Variety
1: if this is online. I think they just in this article they just wanted to focus more on the game, and then they, I guess, with the title, they just automatically assume that we would have the information that we needed. That I don't know. It just it just doesn't it doesn't answer any of that at all. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, I just felt like this was very bizarre. Um, so I don't know if it's online. No, that I don't, if anybody knows, please I let mean, me know. I can assume that it is because it's pagan <laughs> online. Uh, but once again, it is sort of that top down. MOBA style combat Um, something that they uh, something that they highlight here in the article is that this game is trying to take sort of a different approach to how you have characters in that most of the time in games like this uh, the emphasis the focus is for you to have one character that can have different builds and can do different things and this one doesn't want you to just have one character it wants you to have a bunch of characters so i don't know if that is their way of making you play the game multiple times but there you go there you go and that was pagan online <laughs> <laughs> so go check it out um and that wraps up the news for this week um let's jump into what we've been playing you want to start us off what you've been playing yeah
1: i've actually uh, been doing a little bit on the switch we'll start with the switch i've been playing Ooh. golf story and i've been loving it oh uh, yes I- i've been Probably about a quarter of the way through, I've cleared like the first two stages, I guess you'd say, world's golf courses, I guess you'd say. So it's been doing really well. Then uh, after the game awards, uh, during the game awards, actually, Monster Hunter World, they announced that in a, a few days after it, that they were going to announce a big reveal, and I watched the live stream because it had my ear. Because I don't know if you remember this, I played, I turned it on, and I was like, I don't remember how to play this. I'm going to turn it back off. Well, they announced that they're going to have a brand new exp- expansion in August and that they're going to have a crossover with uh, uh, The Witcher and Geralt in a few months. So I was like, you know what? Let me watch a few YouTube videos, learn the moves again, get back in the game and get back in the game. And I have been grinding. I guess I wasn't too like the end game content. I was around like rank 30, 50 and 100 is when you're in the true end game. So I'm 60 now and I've just... Yeah, I'm not going to go too crazy with it. I am just want to get a character up to where when the expansion comes out, I'll be good to go. I can pop it in, because you know, summertime, it's usually a dead time. There's not that many, many things coming out, and I don't do what I should be doing and work on my backlog. I'll I, I look for an expansion like this, and I'll, I'll play it out. So I've been... I, long story short, I've been loving it again.
0: Yeah. RPG of the yeah. year.
1: I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, it yeah, won my heart yeah. again.
0: Yeah. Uh, so... Wh- what is it? What is it about the game that's like got you?
1: Yeah, for me, and that's—I guess—that's why I didn't really think it would win RPG of the Year. For me, it's more about it's—it's—it's it's, it's not a shooter, obviously. It's more of—I guess—a looter slasher is how I describe it. It's just a cycle of getting better and getting more loot, and there's always something to do. And I mean, you're fighting giant dinosaur monsters. I mean, what's what's not to love about that? So, uh, I I do love just crafting the gear. I get on the internet and i look at the optimal build for charge blades, what I use. And so I found one and I got all the gear that I need for it. Now I'm just trying to level myself up a little bit. And then after that, I'm getting on to the backlog.
0: And then it's gone to the backlog, <laughs> then doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yes. All right. So monster hunter world. That's cool. Uh, for me, it's also been a case of, I should be playing all these other things, <laughs> But I'm really playing this over here in that, ladies and gentlemen, I have jumped back into Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Back in all rest. And it gets even crazier than that. I did not even jump into my 80-hour playthrough. (laughs) I have made the incredibly possibly stupid decision of starting over.
1: Just completely...
0: Completely new, new save.
1: It always seems like a great idea, doesn't it? What's the worst that could happen?
0: What's the worst that can happen? I get tied up in the the stinking RNG of the the blades and trying to get them and all the ones that I want. And oh, anyway, um, yeah. No, I'm I'm liking it. I'm liking it a lot. Uh. Because it's one of those things where, like, I got far enough in the story that I was able to get some of the answers to a lot of the mm-hmm. mysteries. And now, going back and playing it, it's like, ah, this makes so much more sense. Like, it amazes me just how much Monolith Soft threw at you in the first two hours of the game without any context. <laughs> and I just accepted it. I was just like happy, along, naive for the ride. Just the way it is. It's just the way it is. So um, I'm liking it a lot. Uh, the uh, actually understanding the combat at the beginning of the game makes it so much easier than it was before. I remember this is slightly embarrassing. Probably. I fought Malos on the, the ship uh, where, where Pyra is kept uh, at the very beginning of the game. It took me probably 20 to 25 times to beat him the first time. Uh, I don't know if it was just, like, I did not have the timing down. I wasn't doing, like, the uh, whatever whatever the A, the A attack is called. I don't know. I wasn't doing those enough or something. I don't know why. Because this time around, it took me, like, 15 seconds to defeat him. I was just like, oh, my God. I'm just...
1: Yeah. I'm an idiot. So, anyway. I've had... I've had those moments in games where you're like, I remember, oh, that was, that I was like, okay, I need to over prepare because I remember exactly. how hard this was. And then you get there and you're like, man, I was just really bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, I just sucked at the game. That's, <laughs> that's what it came down to. And it wasn't even like I could prepare more because, like, it's the yeah. beginning of the game. It's just, I guess I knew what I was doing versus I clearly didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I don't even know. So. There's that. Uh, I've also been continuing to play uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate and continuing to like it. I went back over to uh, my buddy's house this past weekend uh, for the second uh, weekend, weekend in a row. And I really held my own, guys. I really held my own. I was very proud of myself. For those I've, who don't know, and this is going to be everyone because we've never talked about my <laughs> history in Super Smash Brothers on the show before, but I am terrible at this game because I've never practiced. I've only ever like played with my buddy when he had the game when I could play. So this is like three times a year at the most and I've never been able to beat him until now. And I have a copy of the game and I've been practicing and I'm holding my own. Who, who, who are you playing? So I have sort of this rotation uh, between Link Richter Bowser Dk and I feel like I'm leaving someone out, but that is who I can think of off the top of my head. Nice, that I'm decent at. Uh, Bowser is is a funny one um, because have you have you played with Bowser?
1: No, so i I'm kind of like you where I haven't played a ton. This is the first time that I've actually owned it as well. Um, I played. The last version I played was the one that was on the GameCube. I don't even remember what it was, so I haven't played in forever. I picked it up day one, and I've just been—I mean, I was—I was learning. I was fresh. I tried to find some videos, and I was just like, "Man, whatever." We're just going. Let's just do this trial and error style. And uh, so I've just been keeping it with like my unlocked Marth. I liked how that plays. I've got Simon. I like—I like how that plays a little bit. So I've just been sticking with my core two and try to learn those.
0: Well, uh, and, and Richter is an as an echo fighter yes. of Simon. So yeah, Ricker, if got, yeah, if you got if you got Simon, I'll
1: probably once I get Blue Ricker, Flames, baby. Yeah, I haven't
0: um, unlocked it yet. So the thing with Bowser, he started off as such a, um, he, he was a joke. He was a joke for me because I uh, the first time that I played him, and I think this was the first time I've ever played Bowser, um. I did his over B move, which grabs the opponent and he jump, and Bowser jumps in the air while holding the opponent and you can control his movement. I think he's the only fighter that you can like control his movement in the air while you're holding the person. So if you grab someone at the edge of the stage, you can guide both of yourselves off the (laughs) stage. And so I did that on accident to my best friend. And it was like one of my greatest gaming moments of my life because he just flipped out. Cause I did not care that I lost, <laughs> but he cared that he lost. And so it just, it just started off as this joke and I did it to him probably 10 times. And then I went home and practiced Bowser. And now like I'm legitimately decent at Bowser and it just makes him so mad. And he just like, he looked at me the other day and he was like, I am so angry that, what started off as a legitimate joke.
1: Now you just beat my tail with Bowser all the time. So anyway, have you played the RPG part of smash?
0: I've played a little bit of it. I've played a little bit of it. It surprised me just how RPG ish it was.
1: Yeah. And how much there is,
0: <laughs> how there. much there is. Like I have only scratched the surface and uh, my friend was talking about, Oh yeah, well I did all of this. Then I found out that like, Then there's that much more again, and it's like, that's not even really, like, what we came to this game for. No. But, okay, awesome. (laughs) And it's like it has legitimate mechanics to it, and I'm just very, very impressed. Everything about this game is just really impressing me. Now the only thing that I need is for Rex to be a fighter. (laughs) Make it happen. All right, so that's the two things I've been playing. And I guess, yeah, that's it. That's it for that segment. Great. Uh, let's move on to sales and releases. As always, sales and releases brought to you by SwitchRPG.com and SwitchList.app. If you have used the Nintendo eShop, you, can, you know just how confusing it can be. Like, you try to search for something, you try to filter stuff, it's just not... As easy as it should be so that's where switch list app comes in it makes uh, searching and filtering and organizing um, all the games that you want and one easy to use database switchlist.app you can find it at that web at that website switchlist.app or you can find it on iOS and Android so there you go now releasing this week, We've got Sheltered releasing uh, December the 18th, that was, we're recording this on the 19th, so that was yesterday, that was Tuesday. Um, Cronus Arc releases on the 20th, that will be Thursday. The Keep also releases on the 20th, and then Mana Spark releases on December 22nd. Any of those on your radar?
1: no uh, not really uh, and it really it's just down to you know, like I said earlier, the backlog mm-hmm. but and one one that I'm picked up that I haven't that's <laughs> directly into the backlog is Fantasy star i, mm-hmm. I I'm ready to do a play through that so um man of spark kind of looks interesting to me though, but I don't really know anything about it. I'll have to do some research on that,
0: yeah. None of these are, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're there. They could be good. They could be good. They could be good.
1: Yeah. Um, all right,
0: so sales uh, this week, and I'll try to remember what was there last week. Yeah, okay. Uh, We've got Ambition of Slimes, 30% off for $3.50. Angels of Death, 30% off. Adamine, half off. Cat Quest, 55% off. Cronus Arc, which is releasing, is releasing at 10% off. Earthlock is half off. That's a pretty good deal. Um, we have a review of it on the site, Meatball Sub reviewed it. Uh, Earthlock uh, is right now $14.95. So it's normally a $30 game. You're getting it for $15. That's, that's a pretty good deal. Elemental Knights R is 10% off at $20.47. Fair Rune Collections, 30% off. Hand of Fate 2 is 25% off at $22.49. The Keep is releasing on sale at $13.99. Knights of Pen and Paper uh plus 1 deluxeier editions 30% off mercenary saga's chronicles is 30% off mercenaries wings the false phoenix is 20% off monster hunter generations ultimate is 25% off so you can get that game for 44.99 uh, have you played that monster hunter
1: i have not no world was the first monster hunter that i ever ever jumped same. in on so
0: same uh, opus rocket of whispers is 20% off sheltered is 20% off soul blight is 20% off star story the horizon escape is 75% off for 249 stay is 25% off a valthirian arc heroes school story is 20% off Wonder Jar, try again or walk away is 40 40% off. Yonder the Cloudcatcher Chronicles is 20% off and y'all know and the Celestial Elephants is 40% off. So once again, sales and releases brought to you by switchrpg.com and switchlist.app let's dive into some listener questions ladies and gentlemen we you know we, that we love to hear from you so remember that you can head over to your email yeah you can head over to your email and email us your questions at podcast at switchrpg.com or you can head over to discord.switchrpg.com and post in our podcast thread and ask us a question, or tweet at us, any way you can, smoke signals, any way you can get those questions to us, we'll be glad to answer them, first up, we've got Switch RPG Podcast Hall of Famer, Paul Nichols, asking what was the biggest surprise of 2018, and what are you hoping to see in 2019 that has not been announced yet? There's a lot to unpack in this question. Let's break it down. Corey, first up, what was the biggest surprise for you in 2018?
1: The biggest surprise for me in 2018 had to be the success and how well and how polished Octopath Traveler was. Mm. It was a best selling game in July. Granted, that's a slow month for games, but and that's on overall consoles. It was a mm. best selling game. And I, I, kind of said this on the last time I was on but I truly believe that it will kind of pave the way on how to make the, that style of games on the switch for years to come I think we're going to see or i think we're going to look back a few years from now and be like yes this is this is due to octopath and the, and its success so that was by far my biggest surprise just how I knew I would like it but I guess I was surprised at how well it was received universally
0: mm-hmm mm-hmm
1: I totally agree with that, because
0: Octopath Traveler, for me, was always that thing that I was like, oh, I just hope that it's decent, uh, and especially after playing like Lost Sphere and being like, I really want to like this, I really want this to be good, it's just objectively not great to be able to say objectively this is a good game, and this is making me hopeful for the future, I think I think you're totally right, that was great. My biggest surprise of 2018 isn't necessarily a specific game, but it is how supported third part, the third party support for the switch, Uh, because we talked about it at the top of the show as well. That to me is really a good barometer of the healthiness of a console is how much are third party developers trusting it how much are they trusting putting their software on it because if they if you've got a bunch of people jumping on the wagon that means that the wagon is selling lots of stuff people are buying what's on the wagon so you, i think i think it's been really awesome to see all the 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 ports and the su- and the support for the switch from third parties i know we kind of get port fatigue and i know there's sort of that running joke of how the switch is becoming this this port thing but i think that's good in a way yes i definitely want new games to come don't get me wrong i want stuff to be developed for it i want new games to come but the thing is that stuff is it's coming we don't have to worry about that but i love the fact that third parties are trusting nintendo with their games again because it's been more than a generation since that has happened and i think that that is the key
1: to a healthy nintendo and to kind of go into segue to the next part, the twenty nineteen and and taking what you were most surprised at, what I'm low key hoping for, and this is very selfish of me, I don't think it's going to happen at all, but it'd be awesome if they just did a whole nother extension of the of the franchise, but kind of a dead franchise that we don't hear about anymore, or uh, Front Mission. Mission 3 or 4, mm. a remake of that. Not even a remake, a port I would take. I used to love those games so much. Into the Breach had really success. Obviously, that wasn't really story-driven, but it's kind of on the grid. You got the mechs. Uh, they're bringing over Final Fantasy. Just even an announcement that, hey, we're going to bring some games like Front Mission. Just Front Mission. <laughs> can can, 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 I, can I get one? Can I get it? It's not going to happen, but if it does, you heard it here first. Hey
0: Breaking <laughs> news! Front Mission <laughs> <laughs> 2019. All right, for me it is uh, it is ports. So sue me, sue me. Ports bringing ports over. I would love to see. I feel like it fits so much. I would love to see Kingdom Hearts. An announcement for Kingdom Hearts on the Switch. Give it to me. It would fit so well. It would fit so well. Is it going to happen? I don't know. It's on Xbox now. Why can't it
1: happen? <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance? There's always a chance. There's, there's ch- always a would chance. Me. Nothing would surprise me now for the switch, especially in RPG realm. Nothing would surprise me port port wise, except for maybe Front Mission. That would surprise me. <laughs> um, what about maybe a Bayonetta three? Do you think? Do you think that's a possibility for next year? Uh, oh,
0: oh, for next year. Oh, 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 that. Um... It's the it's Christmas. It's the season of miracles. <laughs> of course, it's going to happen next year. We're going to get Fire Emblem. We're going to get uh, Animal Crossing. We're going to get Bayonetta three, and we're finally going to get Yoshi. Does everybody Damn. remember that game? We're going to get that game.
1: Um, Fire, Fire Emblem's what I'm really excited for next year. That's uh, but the, the question's kind of tricky. It's like what what hasn't been announced yet? I guess maybe all the a lot of. Fire Emblem older ports to come over. Kind of tie into that. I would love to see that.
0: Absolutely. Because I would love to finally play a Fire Emblem game.
1: Exactly. (laughs)
0: Um, And then one other port. uh, Xenoblade Chronicles. The original. uh, It's already on 3DS. And I know that doesn't really mean anything. Because you had to double screen it. And the, the the aspect ratio is all weird, and like the resolution is all weird. But anyway, if they could port, if they could remaster and port the original Xenoblade Chronicles,
1: please, Fiona. Xen- Xenogate, Xenogears remastered. Oh my god, a Do it. finished Xenogears
0: where the second disc is more than just <laughs> a slideshow. I would pay a lot of money for that. Yeah, I would prefer take preferably fifty nine ninety nine, but I would pay a lot of money for that. <laughs> uh, but oh yes, look, listen, anything that Monolith Soft has ever had their hands on, if they brought it to Switch, I would buy it. Oh, I love them. Okay, anyway, second question, last question, coming to you guys from none other than the voice of the people himself. He could not stand to be away from the show for one single week. Sending in his question. I asked him for a question. Uh, he asks, and I slightly edited this. So, have you seen the Smash sales numbers? Also, is there an RPG that could come close to those numbers? Well, let's hop back over to Polygon and take a look at the Smash Bros. Ultimate uh, sales numbers that Gio is talking about. And they're pretty darn impressive. Uh, Quote from Nintendo in the the article that I mentioned. This performance should receive an additional boost from the December release of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Game. Which has become not only the fastest-selling Nintendo Switch game of all time, but also the fastest-selling game in the Super Smash Bros. series. The game has sold over three million copies in eleven days. That's a lot of units. Um, I mean, to hit a million, that's great, right? And it has three. In 11 days.
1: That's crazy.
0: It's insane. We knew it was going to be big. We've been saying for months, for a year, that it's a system seller. And 3 million copies in 11 days. Uh, in the
1: United States.
0: In the United States? That's just in the United That's
1: States? In the United States. At the bottom of my article, it said the number was based on the United States.
0: Oh, my God. That's- that was a tagline that I didn't read.
1: Yeah. That's one in every 125 people in the United States bought a copy in the first 11 days. That's that's that, okay, crazy.
0: That is okay, okay, let's think about it this way. Let's think about because this article this is the same article that was talking about the the total Switch sales which was 8.7. That is over a third. That is one in 3 Switch owners. Right?
1: Oh, yeah, never mind. I may have misread that. Me, and me the numbers. I was reading the article. That's a 1.7 was the United States. Oh, so three. Let's just let's just roll that back. <laughs> okay,
0: let's okay. just roll that back. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but but three million is still Bill. three million. And uh, there's 8.7 switches
1: out there. That's every third switch has this game on it. That's impressive. And, and just to put in perspective, how I I did a little numbers digging. How many copies of Final Fantasy 7 worldwide as of 2015? It's including PlayStation original. That's including PSN including PC and iOS. How many copies worldwide at as of 2015 do you think were sold?
0: Total lifetime um
1: 13 million. Close, 11. Okay. 11 11 million. 11 days 3 million yeah and this is a title that's gonna have long i mean i mean let's just say the switch is around like this current platform for let's just say four years before mm-hmm. they switch 2 comes out so let's just say four years this this is a this is a this is going to be a title that's going to be selling out throughout the system and probably poured over into the beginning of the whatever system comes after that so
0: because because this this is the nature of this this franchise this is the nature of this franchise this game stays around forever mm-hmm. as long as you're totally right as long as this generation is around this is the super smash Bros. that we're going to be playing there's not going to be a super smash bros switch 2
1: and for that reason i am out There will not be an RPG that's going to match the sales of the Smash. Uh,
0: Well, if we, if we, okay. So no, I don't think total. But for the sake of the question here, and three million in eleven days, let's say something astronomical. I'm gonna go something that I think would never happen. But I think if Final Fantasy 16. Were to come to switch, maybe. Maybe I don't mean I no. don't think. No 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 no, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. Because I think with the Smash, you have there's so much that is encompassing this as well. Like there's just a lot of different types of people that play a, a lot of different types of games that are p- buying this. I just don't think that I don't I don't I don't think it. I don't think it. Uh, an rpg I don't think would <laughs> just because I'm thinking of a big number how many how i guess we should start with how many let's say within this year how many copies do you think of smash will be sold
0: i think it could add
1: sorry sold three million
0: i think through the holidays it could add maybe another two
1: yeah so it could
0: it could wind up with five. Just in like the last two months of the year, maybe, or the last month of the year, um,
1: Octopath sold one million in a month.
0: Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Okay. Now, here's here here's something. Also in this article, bottom paragraph. You got me looking mm-hmm. at the very bottom now. Uh, <laughs> Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu Eevee sold two million so far, and it's not been out that long. That is. A sort of off branch that's not a mainline game. We're not talking about major Pokemon. Pokemon 2019. I maybe not three million in eleven days, but yeah, that could be a contender because of the wide appeal and because it would be like the first Pokemon.
1: I think that would have a much better shot than Final Fantasy 16.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Because you're totally right. With the reason Smash is a juggernaut is because you have so many people coming together as a coming together game. It's unique in that way for Nintendo. Uh and for for a lot of other things. Uh and also I would like to make an amendment to something I said last week when talking about Smash and we're talking about, you know, the prospect of Joker uh, Joker is oh. coming. Mm-hmm. He is yeah. coming. But the prospect of Persona 5 coming because of that because we're talking about characters that are uh, third-party characters that have appeared, that uh, their franchise has never come to Nintendo,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I want to say, I know I'll be—I know I'll be corrected. Has a Sonic game ever come to Nintendo?
1: Well, if do you count Sega, their compilation that's just came out? No. Say no. Sega, Sega Ages. Is that what? It, I don't know if that can you i don't think you can i would
0: not count that because because like sonic has been in smash for a little while so it was kind of yeah. like before that I, and i don't know if i would count a compilation but i just don't think a sonic game's never been on it no. so i think he's like a third-party character that never really had like a mainline game on the platform so I don't know. I'm still waiting for people to correct me and tell me like who all, what, what all third party characters not owned by Nintendo just don't have their games on Nintendo platform. Cause I couldn't think of them off the top of my head last week. So anyway, all right, but good question by our very own Gio. So
1: Corey, you know what time it is? I don't know. Uh, Whoa, whoa what's this? We're not going on a on a side quest, are we? Time for
0: a side quest. Oh my god. This guy's good. This guy's good. He knows, he knows he knows. Alright. Um a little bit of a spontaneous side quest here. Okay, because I was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, because this is this is an old faithful and I'll, I'll wanna get you I'll wanna get your answer. Um what is one of your sort of most sort of outstanding video game memory from the past. Ooh, Looking okay. back into sort of the annals of your video game history, like what is maybe like one of the most just outstanding or most
1: memorable
0: sort of moment or Yeah, time? I have a
1: few. I have a couple. Uh, early on, um, Well, I remember I remember the first time that I saw like uh, Donkey Kong Country, and I was just like, "This game, it's blowing my mind. It's it's 3D. It's 3D. This is real." I was like, "Is this really happening?" And I got that was I actually got that game for Christmas one, Uh, and I remember it was like the last thing I opened. It was in a huge box and it was a comforter. I was like, "Ah, my parents, they don't know what I really want." And then I took out the comforter and it was in there. It was awesome. But that's um, that's
0: a good that's a good story.
1: That, but uh, I never beat the game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe one of these days. It's in the backlog. Um, but yeah, fun- me... Hey, Funky
0: Kong's not there to help you out.
1: <laughs> and uh, I kind of talked about when I first came on, but Final Fantasy Tactics, just nerding it out in middle school with all my all my friends. We all had like our memory cards, and we can compare our parties and stuff like that. That was that was really cool. Um, and then I played I played a lot of Destiny. And uh, I wasn't... I'm not the best first-person shooter game, but there was a game mode that in the original Destiny called Trials where there's three people versus three people, and you had to win, like, seven games in a row without losing. And uh, it was a very competitive game, and I could always win, like, a couple, but then one random night I got with two random guys, and we were all never been... Once you do that, you're called flawless, and I achieved that, and I was like, whoa. And you go to a special area in the game that you can't get to unless you go flawless like wow. you don't see it if you don't get there so that was really cool i remember it was late night too and then like we finally did it and i was just like whoa you get you get the loot i'm all about the loot
0: that's why he, that's why he like monster Hunter so much
1: yeah it's all about the loot yeah,
0: one uh, one of my one of my memories is from destiny 2 and um and and listeners will, will kind of remember my my destiny. I, I got the I got the, Glac- the glacier white PS4 when the original mm. Destiny came. Out. That was my like my favorite piece of hardware. And went to uh, the midnight showing or not showing, but the midnight release of Destiny at GameStop. And was there with all the Halo nerds and everything. <laughs> they had the Halo <laughs> tournaments going on. And uh, I'm yeah I'm a terrible
1: FPS player, like just awful. But, I'm just average. I'm not awful, but I'm never like I'm not gonna yeah.
0: But that I had a lot of fun, and I didn't play Destiny sort of like to its fullest extent, uh, mainly because it was launch Destiny and like it didn't have a fullest extent. Mm-hmm. But um, but I did have a lot of fun. There was a lot of fun memories playing with my brother because we got it at the same time and we were living together at the Absolutely. time. So that was like one of the last games that I remember that we were able to play together because then we sort of went our sort of separate life ways and, and we haven't really played co-op much and it's been, yeah, it's been like what, three, four years ago now. So yeah, absolutely great. Uh, I'm going to give, I'm going to give one memory. I'm going to give one memory just so I can also uh, participate in the side quest. And that's going to be another memory coming from, uh, geo's favorite RPG, uh, (laughs) uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, I did the Master Trials, the Sword Trials. I'll never do it again. <laughs> I'll never do it again. Did you do the Did you do the Sword Trials?
1: No. No.
0: Oh, my God. I have never been more stressed while playing a game than in, in that. If you don't know what the Sword Trials are, I'm not even going to explain it. You just <laughs> go look it up for yourself. Uh, it's crazy. So, I got gypped because every every so often you get like a, the safe room you get the safe room right and it gives you a, a few uh, items that will help you that you can take with you that'll, that'll help you um and it gives you ancient arrows which if you don't know can kill anything in one shot that's great for um for all of the crazy guardians that are in the last few things so I admittedly, was using a walkthrough just to see what was coming in the next... Like, look, what am I up against? Because my anxiety couldn't take it anymore. So, the, 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 the guide told me, save the ancient arrows. Save the ancient arrows. Well, I messed up because I, like, opened the chest or something or the ancient arrows were, like, laying on the ground or something. And I accidentally advanced the trials before I picked them up. And so I only had one ancient arrow left coming into the last round and um you have to fight a um a li- uh, lionel. A lionel, yes. The big like lion horse thing, which is just a pain with a bunch of other stuff. And um I'll never forget I'm not a good archer in games either. But I hit the ground, immediately pulled out my bow, shot it through three book hoblins. Like, it went through their little, their little bodies and everything and headshotted the Lionel one shot. And I screamed at the top of my lungs, screamed at the top of my lungs. It was one of my favorite moments of all time. <laughs> and I wound up beating the Trials like a boss. And, uh, yeah. So, another Breath of the Wild story. Geo's favorite RPG. <laughs>
1: can't
0: confirm you can't confirm <laughs> yeah oh uh, gosh darn it i was going to make the joke when we were talking about games that would give it a romance for its money the sales i was going to say well if madden never came to switch it would oh. give Smash i had Brothers a joke a too first. but i forgot to i gosh need to start writing. darn writing it. jokes in there. it's because i'm not looking at geo's face and just know like just cannot wait to see what it looks <laughs> like whenever i'm making a madden joke Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for episode 34 of the Switch RPG Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Remember, if you want to take part in our side quest, if you want to talk about your favorite gaming memory, feel free to tweet at us. Uh, Oh, just like, hang on, stop the presses. I don't normally do this, but I got to go back because I love when our listeners contact us. And we got a great tweet last week talking about... Um our last week's side quest. Sorry for the unprofessionalism, but I'm stopping for a listener. Here we go. Got the screenshot of it right here. This is coming from once again. I'm inducting her right now. New Switch RPG podcast Hall of Famer. Winter God. Winter Disa. Yes. Disa Winter. Winter Disa. Oh my god, what is it? Winter. I think it's Winter Disa. Anyway, she's the new she's the new uh, Hall of Famer. Anyway, she says about last sweet's side quest. Yes, Winterdissa got it. <sighs> Remember, folks, last week was uh, Christmas Miracle. What's your Christmas Miracle? Drop, uh, you know, a Switch game that drops Christmas Day without any warning. Um, hers, she says, Yes, love the side quest. Only problem is I'm too excited now. My Christmas Miracle is waking up to Romancing Saga 3 on my Switch, but I will settle for a Western release announcement. Keep dreaming, Winter Disa. They hate Romancing Saga. Square Enix is embarrassed <laughs> that they ever made those games. I don't know why. But they hate them. Have you ever played the Romancing soccer games?
1: Front Mission. Oh, oh, no. No, I haven't.
0: But that, okay, but Front Mission. That's, that's my that Christmas
1: my, miracle. Oh. I play them all.
0: <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is really the end of episode 34 thank you so much again for listening and thank you for everyone who did contact us remember you can tweet at us you can uh, email us at podcast at switchrpg.com you can come hang out with us on discord at discord.switchrpg.com if you are excited for the show Remember, you can watch us live if Geo's here because my internet isn't good enough to stream it. But you can watch us live normally Wednesday nights, 9.30 U.S. Eastern Time on YouTube.com slash SwitchRPG. You can also find the the on-demand video of that later. Like you're probably watching this watching it on YouTube. Or you can listen to the show every Friday on your favorite podcast app. If you like what we're doing, head over to patreon.com slash switch RPG. Throw us a, a dollar or two. But if you can't, we totally understand you just being a part of the community, giving us your listens, your views, yourself as you talk to us. It's great. I mean, that's what we love. Keep it up. Guys, remember you can head over to switchRPG.com for all of your content for Switch RPG. Jeez. Until next time, I'm going to keep going and replaying Xenoblade Chronicles 2. You got to sign off? You want to say yes? No? Front mission! <laughs> front mission board. Front, front Three. mission. Right there. Hurry here first. See you, everybody.